excited about this word is one that I personally enjoy, and I pray that uh, it will be uh, beneficial to all of us. So tonight, we're going to learn about prayer tonight. That's what we're going to learn tonight about prayer, and there's so much, there's so much that can be said about prayer, and most certainly, there's not a lot of time to cover every single ground tonight. So we're going to talk about prayer tonight, and prayerfully we will learn some important truths and principles that will enhance our prayer life. How many want your prayer life enhanced? Amen. Our pastor taught last week on the benefits of fasting, and uh, one of the things that he talked about is how uh, fasting is one of those tools in the believer's arsenal that is underused and i agree with that and i will go so far as to say that prayer is also one of the tools that's in our arsenal as believers that is oftentimes unused in fact when we read ephesians chapter six prayer is a part of the weaponry oftentimes when people quote ephesians chapter six the armor of god they leave prayer out but prayer is a part of the armor amen so prayer is very very important Prayer is very, very important. Um, in Matthew chapter 17, verse number 21, our pastor talked about this last week. Uh, a man brings his son who is an epileptic to, to the disciples. The boy is falling in the fire. He's falling in the water. They can't help him. Uh, they bring him then to Jesus. Jesus rebukes the demon. It comes out of him. And the child, the Bible says, was cured that very hour. And the disciples come to Jesus and they're saying, why can't we cast him out? You know, why, 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 why didn't our prayers work? And Jesus explained to them, well, it's because of your unbelief. And then he goes on to say, however, this kind comes out by prayer and fasting. If you'll remember that from last week's teaching. So the emphasis was on fasting last week. Today, our emphasis is going to be on prayer. Prayer is very, very important. Prayer is very, very important. And with us being on this 21-day fast, typically during times like this, our sensitivity to these things is more heightened. But we want to, as we even exit off of the 21-day fast, as it's coming to a close, the same regimen that we've developed during our 21-day fast, the same regimen of prayer or, or fasting, the same regimen of Bible reading. We want to take those same regiments throughout the rest of the year, don't we? Amen. Amen. So prayer is very, very important. Prayer is very important to your spiritual life. And I really want you to hear me tonight. Prayer is very important to your spiritual life. I, I like what, what the late Kenneth Hagin said. He described prayer as spiritual oxygen. So just as oxygen is vital and necessary to sustain your life in the natural, prayer is necessary. Prayer is necessary to sustain your spiritual life. We need oxygen, don't we? In the same way that we constantly need oxygen to breathe and live on this earth effectively, we need to have a prayer life that is constant. We need to be constantly praying, and not just when we're on a 21-day fast. Not just in, in, in the month of January, but we should be always praying at all times.
times. You know, sometimes people come to church and they, they pray on Sunday and they think that's all I need. I don't need to pray anymore for the rest of the week. But the Bible says in Ephesians chapter 6 and 18 that we should be praying always with all prayers and with all supplications in the spirit. Not just that, but Jesus told us in Luke chapter 18 and verse 1 that men ought to always pray and what? Not lose heart. And one of the reasons why we see so many people fainting and losing heart, especially in this day and time, especially in this climate, this, this spiritual climate and culture, is because their prayer life is deficit. Their prayer life is weak. And so that's what we're talking about tonight. We're talking about the importance and the necessity of prayer. So tonight I want to teach tonight from the subject, what makes prayer effective? What makes prayer effective? Now, now nobody in here prays and don't want the, the answer to your prayer, do you? Let me see you raise your hand. No, no, no. It's, it's, it's nobody, nobody spends time in prayer without the desire for the things that we pray for. So tonight what we're going to do is we're going to talk about what are those things, what are those principles, what are those truths that make our prayer life effective. Amen? So many people are struggling in their prayer life. Their prayer life is weak. Uh, in Luke chapter 11, verse number 4, this is not foreign to us. The disciples said to Jesus, Lord, teach us to pray. One of the reasons why people do not pray is because there's a struggle in their prayer life. And one of the reasons why people do not pray is because people, by and large, don't see the value of prayer. You know, one of the, one of the reasons why people don't pray, they don't see the value of prayer. And quite, quite frankly, a lot of people are not experiencing results in their prayer life. So once we begin to see the results in our prayer life, and once we receive the value and the, the necessity of prayer, we will then begin to spend more and more time in prayer. Now, I'm going to tell you, saints, like, in this day and in this spiritual climate, you need a prayer life. We can't just make it on our pastor's prayer. We can't just make it wives on our husband's prayer. Husbands, you can't just make it on your wives' prayer. But it is so important and so necessary as never before that we are able to hear from God in a day like today. So it's important that we develop our prayer life. But people, by and large, don't see the value of prayer. There are people who struggle to connect with God. They struggle to connect with God. Um, uh, people uh, uh, don't pray as often because they don't know what to say. For, for many people, prayer is difficult. Uh, it's boring, it's uninteresting because they lack the words to say. You know, uh, uh, people believe that, that prayer is pointless. That, that what will be, will be, so what's the point of me praying about it? Uh, people don't pray because they, they don't experience the desired results of their prayer or they don't get any response at all. I'm sure many of you have gone into your prayer closet and you're like, hey, God, hello, you there? It's me. But because you're, you're praying out of the carnal man, 
it's not effective. The Bible says that God is spirit. And those who worship him must worship in spirit and in truth. So you can't even access God. You can't even connect with God through the carnal mind. It's going to require that you come up in the spirit. The Bible says in Revelation, John says that I was in the spirit on the Lord's day and I heard. He didn't hear from God until he got in the spirit. So that's the first thing, and this is the point before the point, one of the ways that you're going to be effective in your prayer life is you're going to have to come up in the spirit. God doesn't deal with us through the natural. God doesn't deal with us through the, our natural mind, our natural reasoning, our natural way of thinking. But it's going to require that we come up in the spirit. But the truth of the matter is tonight, saints, that prayer does work. Prayer works. Prayer is never a waste of time. The truth is God does answer prayers. God answers prayer. Uh, 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 the truth is prayer is not pointless. You know, there are people who feel like prayer is pointless. What will be will be. What's the use of praying? No, prayer will change things. And I know that that's a saying that we've heard coming up in church, prayer changes things. No, prayer does change things. Prayer changes the trajectory of things. You know, Nineveh was supposed to be destroyed because of their sin, but after fasting and praying, what did God do? God extended mercy. Prayer changed things for Nineveh. We know the story of Hezekiah. Hezekiah was supposed to die. But what did he do? He turned his face to the wall. And what did he do? He prayed. And it was the prayer. It was Hezekiah's prayer that added 15 more years to his life. Don't let the devil try to trick you into thinking and believing that your prayers are pointless, that they're meaningless. Prayer is never a waste of time. You know, sometimes um, the truth is uh, uh, that you know, we're praying with the wrong motive. You know, in James chapter 4, verse number 3, the Bible says, you ask and do not receive because you ask with wrong motives. So could it be that your prayer life is deficit because your heart is wrong? Because your motives are not right. Are you even praying according to God's will? Are you seeking his will? You know, is there unforgiveness in your heart? Right now we're talking about what are those things what are those things that hinder our prayer life? Is there unforgiveness in your heart? Is there any unconfessed sins in your life? You know, are you praying in faith? Here's one. Uh, uh, husbands, are you mistreating your spouse? The Bible is very clear, uh, husbands, that when you mistreat your wife, your prayers are hindered. God does not hear your prayers. So that's what we're talking about tonight. What makes prayer effective. So I want to give you a couple of definitions uh, tonight. What then is prayer? What, what is prayer? Uh, first of all, prayer is not a religious ritual. It's not a religious ritual. You know, if, if you're like me, you know, I grew up in church and, and prayer was just, it was just something, something entertaining. Not all the time, but there were a lot of, lot of entertaining aspects about prayer. You know, the prayer is not a bunch of screaming and hooping even. And, you know, in today's, in today in a lot of circles, 
you know, people get patted on the back because they just drove it home in prayer. <laughs> that ain't what prayer is. That's not effective prayer. Effective prayer is not because an organ is backing you up. Effective prayer is not because, because you know, you, you just got these fancy uh, words and phrases and poems and, and, and all this vain repetition that you're bringing before God. That's not what effective prayer is. You know what prayer is? Prayer is simply communication between you and God. That's it. It's communication between you and God. Prayer is fellowship between you and God. You know, it, I, I could call uh, Sister Candace on the phone, and as I'm talking to her and she's talking to me, that's how you talk to God. It's communication. You see how simple that is? It's communication between a person and God. It is fellowshipping with God. Prayer is a two-way relationship in which you not only talk to God, but guess what? You listen to him. And that's one of the reasons why for a lot of people prayer is not effective because we're going into our prayer closets, we're going into our prayer rooms, and we're doing all the talking, but we don't even realize or assume the reality that God got something to say too. I mean, think about it. How would you feel, uh, husbands and wives, if you just talk, 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 and your wife or your husband never got anything to say? What kind of relationship is that? That's awkward. And I imagine that sometimes God may feel awkward <laughs> when we come before him. He has so much to say. He has so much to say. So prayer is a two-way relationship. And with you not only talk to God, but you also listen to God. So in prayer, always remember that a relationship is key. And sometimes when you're in your prayer room or your prayer closet, sometimes you need to just sit there and sit before him and listen to what he has to say. That's how prayer becomes effective. Oftentimes we're in a rush. We're in a rush to just get out. We're in a rush. And God is saying, wait, 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 I got something to say. You know, and, and prayer is spiritual communication between a person and God. It, it, it's, it's relationship. It's relationship. I keep harping on that, that aspect of relationship. The Bible says, draw nigh to me, and I will draw nigh to you. It's relationship. And God wants relationship with his people. God wants relationship with you. And one of the ways that he builds relationship with you is through prayer. It's through communication. You know, God wants you to know how he feels. God wants you to know what he thinks. And guess what? He wants you to even articulate your thoughts and your feelings and your desires to him in prayer. But one of the ways that our prayer life becomes effective is that it has to be developed. It has to be developed. I talk to a lot of people who, who constantly uh, uh, talk about uh, just a, a deficit in their prayer life, that their prayer life is being weak. Well, your prayer life is something that you have to develop. It's something that you have to develop. Oftentimes, you know, I like to listen to uh, um, uh, people who are in heaven now, your Kenneth Hagin, your, your um, Lester Summerall, great men of God who, who, I tell you, I mean, they just could pray. I mean, they, they, they just could pray. Our pastor even, oh my goodness. You know, just his, their ability to pray. And, and, you know, I sit from afar and I, 
I, I, I say, man, if, if I could pray like that, we're going to get there. But, but listen, that type of prayer, the ability to pray like that was developed over time. You have to develop your prayer life just like every other part of your Christian life. Prayer is a growth process. Your prayer life has to be developed. It has to be developed. Your faith has to be developed. Your knowledge of God's word has to be developed. Every aspect of your life as a Christian has to be developed, and that includes your prayer life. And one of the ways that your prayer life is developed, your prayer life is always developed over time with practice and consistency. Practice and consistency. Practice and consistency. You have to be consistent in prayer. You have to be consistent in your prayer life. The Bible says in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse number 17, that we are to pray without ceasing. Consistency is where the power is. You have to be consistent in your prayer life. Pray without ceasing means constantly, always, never on and off. Your prayer life will not develop when you do it in spurts. I, can't, I keep going back to January. The 21-day fast is usually when people pray. But guess what? Your prayer life is not going to develop, is not going to grow if after Wednesday of next week you don't pray no more. So your prayer life will not develop when you do it in spurts. Your prayer life can't be a yo-yo, up one day, down the next. Or the only time you pray is when you come into crisis. That's the yo-yo effect. You know, just like, you know, for those who, are, uh, who work out, you're in the gym, you know, you can't expect to see results the next day, nor even the next week. It would be nice, but that's not how it works. Well, prayer is the same way. You got to be consistent in prayer. You got to pray always. You got to pray when you feel like it. You got to pray when you don't feel like it. You got to pray when things are going great and right. And you got to pray when things aren't going so much, when there's persecution and when the enemy has attacked you in whatever way. You got to pray always. Let's look at an example of this in Colossians chapter 1, verse number 9 in the Amplified Version. We're talking about developing our prayer life and how prayer is developed over time with practice and what? Consistency. Practice and consistency. Listen to what Paul says here. He says, for this reason, since the day we heard about it, look at this consistency. We have not stopped praying for you. That's consistency. We have not stopped praying for you, asking specifically that you be filled with the knowledge of his will and all spiritual wisdom, with insight into his purposes, and an understanding of spiritual things. Paul says, we have not stopped praying for you. I want to ask you tonight, what have you stopped praying for? What have you stopped praying about? You know, the Hebrew writers tells us that we can't let things slip. We have to be careful not to allow things to slip. Well, some of you have allowed things to slip in your prayer life because you hadn't seen the results that you've been looking for. Because it looks like things aren't changing. So you have stopped praying for your child. You have stopped praying for your husband. You have stopped praying for that job that you are believing God for. You have stopped praying for those, those different uh, aspects in your business, whatever it may be. 
Paul says we have not stopped praying for you. That's consistency in prayer. So let's go back to our text, James chapter 5, verse number 16, as we're continuing on talking about what makes prayer effective. James chapter 5 is where we're going to coast at tonight. This is our main text. James chapter 5, verse number 16. Confess your trespasses to one another and pray for another that you may be healed. The effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. He goes on to say, Elijah was a man with a nature like ours, and he prayed earnestly that it would not rain, and it did not rain on the land for three years and six months. And he prayed again, and the heaven gave rain, and the earth produced its fruit. So this is what we're talking about tonight. How is it? I mean, think about it. Like, think, think about it. Who in here has ever prayed that there be no rain and it didn't rain for three and a half years? That's the power of prayer life. That, that, that's effective praying. That, that, that you got to use it the right way now. You know, you know, God, you ain't going to pray effectively like this when you, you know, you, you, you try to use it against your enemies or, you know, you try to do that. But to be able to hold the weather for three and a half years. Now, I've seen our pastor do it one night, the movie night. You, you, you all remember the movie night. And I'm not saying he can't do this because, you know, our pastor, you know, he walks with some fire right now. I'm not saying he can't do this. I know he can do this. But three and a half years of no rain? And, and, and then he prayed again. And the heaven gave rain. What makes prayer effective? How can we pray and our prayer produce results on this magnitude? That's what we're talking about. That's effective praying. How is it, how can we develop a prayer life to this magnitude? That when we call for things that even in the natural don't make no kind of sense? How can we walk in that kind of power? How can we see that level, that magnitude of results? That's what we're talking about tonight. You know, um, someone would easily say, you know, well, that was Elijah. You know, oftentimes when we read about people in the Bible, we, we somehow think that you know, these people were, were gods or something. Like, they weren't regular human beings. But, you know, Elijah is not the only one who could pray effectively. You look at uh, verse number 17 uh, in the Amplified, if you have that for me, sound booth, or, or just right here is fine. It says, yeah, Elijah was a man with a nature just like ours. With the same physical, mental, and spiritual limitations and shortcomings. And he prayed intensely for it not to rain, and it did not rain on the earth for three years and six months. So this kind of power is not just for Elijah. According to scripture, and you know our pastor has taught us no wasted words, God wants us to know you can pray just like that. You can have that same kind of power. You can have that same level and intensity of results. And I don't know about you. I'm going to make an I statement. I'm going to get there. 
I'm going to get there. That's where God wants us. And I'm going to tell you, any move of God down through the years from revivals to, to deliverances to miraculous things happen, it all happens with prayer on that level. That's the level of prayer that God needs his people operating in. Because that's the level of prayer that produces supernatural power and supernatural results in the earth. So then let's go back to our text then. We're talking about effective prayer. Effective prayer then, what is, what does it mean to be effective? Let's go back to James chapter 5, verse number 16. James chapter 5, verse number 16. Confess your trespasses to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. That word avails much just simply means it accomplishes much. Effective prayer accomplishes much. You see why you see why the devil attacks you in your prayer life? Do you, do you understand? Do you see why every time you go to pray you get tired? Do you see why every time you go to pray your mind wanders, your mind drifts? Every time you go to pray, something happens. That's why you need to have strategic times of prayer. I'm finding out more and more that them early morning hours is the best time to pray. Before your day gets going, before a lot of uh, interference gets in. I'm finding out that's the best time to pray. Jesus prayed like that. But the reason why, the reason why Satan attacks us so much in our prayer life is because prayers avail much. They accomplish many things. Get this in your, in your, your mind. Prayer is never a waste of time. Prayer is never pointless. But Satan wants to hinder us in our prayer life. He wants our prayer life to be weakened because if our prayer life is weakened, we'll have no power. And if our prayer life is weakened, we'll have no results. And if our prayer life is weakened, we won't accomplish anything. Forget about the much. We won't accomplish little. We won't accomplish anything. So this says that the effective fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. Okay, what does it mean to be effective? Effective, what does that mean? If you can put that definition up, you can take a picture of it. Effective is successful in producing a desired or intended result. You can put all, the whole definition up for me. Um, in, uh, in the Greek, uh, this word is energio, and it means to work efficient, effectively to cause something to happen. That's what effective means. Um, uh, successful in producing a desired or intended result. When something is effective, it is successful. When something is effective, it's results-driven, okay? And uh, when something is effective, that means it causes something to happen. You want your prayer life to be so powerful, so effective that when you pray, things happen. Amen. That's an effective prayer life. We don't want to just be in our prayer room for no reason. Who wants to pray like that? No, 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 no. That's what effective means, to work effectively to cause something to happen. And I want a prayer life that is so powerful, so powerful that when I pray, when I pray, things change. When I pray, shackles fall off. When I pray, 
things get to moving and things get to changing. I'm telling you tonight, saints, prayer is powerful. Prayer is not a waste of time. And you have to be so careful. Don't let anything or anybody rob you in your prayer life. If you're too busy to pray, you're too busy. If you're too busy to seek God, you're too busy. You need to change your schedule. You need to rearrange your schedule. If you're too tired to pray, you're too busy. You got too much in your schedule. You got too many things on your plate. Some of you need to go to bed early so you can get up to pray. Jesus said, could you not even watch with me for one hour? The disciples couldn't pray for one hour because they were too tired. Simple, pragmatic things such as going to bed on time. That will help you to develop your prayer life. So we want to have a prayer life that causes things to happen. Effective prayer changes lives. Effective prayer changes situations. Some of you, you know, if you're in here under the sound of my voice, you know, maybe you're having some issues in your marriage. I dare you to pray about it. I dare you to put some prayer on your spouse. I dare you to put some prayer on, on, your, on your teenager. I don't care. I don't care what it looks like because prayer is powerful. Remember now, remember effective prayer causes things to happen. It has to because that's what God's word says. So if it's not happening in my life, it's not God's fault. He's not the problem. It's something that I'm not doing that I should be doing because I'm not seeing the desired results and things are not moving on my half. But listen, I dare you to pray if your money ain't right. Now, yeah, go ahead and budget and go ahead and work, but I dare you to put some prayer on it. Prayer changes things. Let's look at an example of this in Acts chapter 16, verse number 25. Acts chapter 16, verse number 25. I'm reading in the amp, Amplified. Prayer changes things. And what we're going to look at here is an example of how prayer caused something to happen. Acts chapter 16, verse number 25. But about midnight, when Paul and Silas were praying, just to give you a background on this story, <clears throat> there was a slave girl who was delivered from a spirit of divination. She was going around, um, you know, Paul and Long story short, they, 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 they cast the devil out of her. She made a lot of money in fortune telling for her masters. Um, he, they cast the devil out of her, got delivered, got set free. <clears throat> and as a result, the people were upset, and they put Paul and Silas in prison. All right, that's the background of it. You can read it on your own time. Uh, but thank God that when Paul and Silas got in trouble, they knew how to pray. See, I'm telling you, saying, you know, and th this message may sound a little boring, you know, if it's boring to you, that's because your prayer life is weak. Okay? But Paul and Silas um, are in trouble. They are in prison, but they knew how to pray. And they prayed very effectively, and we'll see that here. But at about midnight, when Paul and Silas were doing what? They were praying. No, they were complaining. They were discouraged. They were discouraged? No, they were praying and singing hymns of praise to God 
and the prisoners were listening to them. Now, I told you that effective prayer causes things to happen. Prayer is never a waste of time. Prayer is never a waste of time. Look at somebody and tell them, prayer is never a waste of time. So Paul and Silas are here praying, and they're singing hymns of praise to God, and the prisoners are listening to them subtly. There was a great earthquake. Amplify says it was so powerful that the very foundations of the prison were shaken, and at once all the doors were open, and everybody's chains were unfastened. Now, this was not an ordinary or common earthquake. It was not. Because an ordinary earthquake, especially on this magnitude, it would collapse the building. An ordinary earthquake would have collapsed the building, but an ordinary earthquake would not have loosened shackles. So this wasn't ordinary, okay? This was a miracle. This was a miracle. So I want you to notice, pay attention to the words, so that. Suddenly there was a great earthquake, so that the very foundation of the prisons were shaken. The, the, the word so that is a term of purpose. It's a term of expl explanation, and it gives us the reason for the earthquake. Okay, this was not a common earthquake. This earthquake happened for a reason. Uh, this was a selective shaking by God himself, as Paul and Silas are not complaining, not crying, not trying to figure out what in the world are we going to do, not discouraged in their souls, but as Paul and Silas are praying, I don't know what they prayed, but I imagine they suited up, I, I imagine they took authority over the enemy. I imagine that they, they, they prayed with great power and authority, but as Paul and Silas are praying, God is literally getting involved and moving things. See, I'm, I'm trying to get you to realize and to really, really believe that when you pray, God gets involved. God starts moving things. So God is literally getting involved. God is moving things, and God is orchestrating a massive and miraculous Jacob, all because two people came together and prayed. All because two people came together and prayed, but watch this, and their prayers were effective. Their prayers were effective. And that's the only reason why they got the kind of results that they got. What were their results? Number one, doors were open. Doors were all the doors were open. What doors are closed in your life right now? Not just that, but shackles were loosed. You know, there are people, and we have people in our family, there are people all around us that are bound by shackles, bound by vices, bound by strongholds. And unless somebody is praying, those people aren't going to get free. 
But here, Paul and Silas were praying, and as a result, shackles were loosed. Another result, they were set free. Here's another result. People got saved. People got saved as a result of these two men praying effectively. If you continue reading the story, the jailer and his whole household came to Christ. Because two people prayed. And I'm here to tell you, saints, I'm telling you, I encourage you to go in your prayer closet with some effective prayers. And I'm telling you, doors that were closed in your life will begin to open. I'm telling you, the shackles, if you've been bound by vices and habits or loved ones bound by habits, prayer will cause every last one of them to loose. You got people that's, that's not born again, you're believing, don't give up. Don't give up on your sons. Don't give up on your spouse. Don't give up on your co-worker for their salvation. The prayer of faith will save. So in my last seven minutes, I want to give you four truths that make prayer effective. Four truths that make prayer effective. We're talking about effective prayer. What makes effective prayer? Number one, go to James chapter 5. We're still here. James chapter 5, verse number 16. And this is perhaps the most important truth that makes prayer effective. How is it, how can I have this type of results when I pray? That's what we're answering. Because again, who wants to pray just to pray? That's awkward. That's discouraging. And there are a lot of people who feel that way. They feel discouraged because they feel like they're praying just to pray. It's just, you're just passing time with prayer. No, no, no. God doesn't want that for us. God wants our prayers to be effective. He told us. That's why he mentioned Elijah. No instant words. Elijah was a man with a nature just like ours. In other words, Elijah had these results. So can you. Right? So how is it? How can we pray with this level of results? Number one, be in right standing with God when you pray. Be in right standing with God when you pray. I said this is perhaps the most important truth that makes prayer effective. You need to be in right standing with God when you pray. James 5 and 16, the effective fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. There are some translations that say the effective fervent prayer of a righteous person avails much. From this scripture, we see that the main key to effectiveness of prayer is the spiritual condition of the one doing the praying. I'm going to say that again. The main key to the effectiveness of prayer is the spiritual condition of the one doing the praying. Now, when you are born again, you are positionally made righteous. When you are born again, you are the blood of Jesus has made us righteous right but we are positionally righteous but we also need to be exponentially righteous which means we need to live right so we are made righteous the moment we become born again positionally we are made righteous but guess what christianity is more than a label you got to live right you got to do right you know, you got to live according to this word. And so there's a relationship between the way you live and your ability to see power and results when you pray. 
See, you can't live any kind of way. You can't live any kind of way. You can't be dishonest and crooked and sneaky and expect to see the desired results and the power in your prayer life because that ain't how that works. Let's look at this in Psalm 68, verse number 18. Psalm 68, verse number 18, NLT. You sound booth, you got that? Yep. If I had not confessed the sin in my heart, finish it. If I had not confessed the sin in my heart, the Lord would not have listened. 1 Peter chapter 3, verse number 7. Husbands, likewise, dwell with them with understanding. I mentioned this earlier. Giving honor to the wife as to the weaker vessel and as being heirs together of the grace of life. Why? That your prayers may not be hindered. So your prayers can actually be hindered based on how you live it. So what does this cause us to do? Examine ourselves. Examine our hearts. Get rid of anything in our hearts. That you sit up there, got all this uh, uh, jealousy, covetousness, all this stuff going on in your heart during your life, and you expect your prayers to be answered. Well, according to Scripture, your prayers will be hindered. You know, husbands, you can't mistreat your wives and expect to get a prayer through. So that's why wives, you know, that are married to Nebal, just take it to the Lord in prayer. Because his prayers won't, it, they, he, he won't even get a prayer for it. So what does this mean? Is this first point, be in right standing with God. When you pray, live right. It's easy, live right. You want effective prayers, live right. I didn't say be perfect, because none of us are perfect. You know, we, you don't have to sin. Did you know that? The Bible says, if we sin, we have an advocate. But guess what? If you do sin, what the Bible says? Confess your sins. And he is faithful and just to forgive you and to cleanse you from all unrighteousness. But the number one way to, to make your prayer life effective is to live right. Live holy. And that will make your prayer life effective. Amen? Number two, <clears throat> so you be in right standing with God when you pray. Number two, have confidence in God when you pray. Have confidence in God. You, what makes prayer effective? Confidence in God. That's what makes prayer effective, confidence in God. You need to have confidence in God when you pray. Now, <clears throat> confidence in God when you pray is twofold. When you pray, you go in your prayer closet or wherever you pray, and it's not just your prayer closet. You know, when you talk about talking to God, you can talk to God anyway. You can talk to God anyway. But when you are praying, confidence is twofold. Number one, you need to be confident that God hears you. You need to be confident that God hears you. And number two, you need to be confident that he will answer you. <clears throat> now, a condemned heart will always take away that confidence. 1 John 3 and 21, if our heart does not convict us of guilt, we have confidence, complete assurance, and boldness before God. So people's heart condemns them for two reasons. Number one, if they're in sin. <clears throat> and, and when you're in sin and you know you ain't doing right, you know you ain't living right, you won't have boldness. You won't have the confidence to come before God when you pray. 
And number two, people's heart condemns them because they are in condemnation. You were in sin. You repented of your sins, but your heart is condemning you because you're living in condemnation and you won't receive the love of God. And so when you won't receive the love of God, you won't come to God in, in boldness. But when you come to God, you have to have confidence when you pray. The word confidence, put it on the screen, take a picture. <clears throat> Absolute confidence, boldness, assurance, doubly persuaded, convinced to the core, rock solid, certain, there is no trace of doubt. So this is the picture of a believer who knows the will of God, has prayed in agreement to the will of God, and is 100% convinced to the core that God has heard their prayer and he will answer. That's the level of confidence that you need to have when you pray. <clears throat> a few scriptures, you can put these in your notes, that God hears us when we pray. Psalm 18 and verse 6, the psalmist says, In my distress I called upon the Lord and cried out to my God, and he heard my voice from his temple, and my cry came before him, even to his ear. God hears us when we pray. Psalm 34 and verse number 17. When the righteous cry for help, the Lord hears him and delivers them out of all of their troubles. So when you go into your prayer closet, when you come before God, you need to have confidence in God that not only does he hear you, but God will answer you. <clears throat> The last point in my last few minutes here, and I said three. Let me just give you the third one really quick. You need to have passion when you pray. And that's coming from James chapter 5, verse number 16. Faith technicality is not just that you pray, but that you pray with passion, that you pray fervently, that you pray fervently. You have to have a, 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 a heart of passion when you pray. The last way, the last point, number four. As I'm closing here, and you can pray softly, Brian. I'm getting ready to close here. The last point for effective prayer, how do I have effective prayer, is to believe you receive when you pray. Believe you receive when you pray. So I first need to make sure that I'm in right standing with God when I pray. I need to have confidence in God when I pray. I need to make sure I'm praying fervently from my heart. And last, I need to believe I receive when I pray. Mark chapter 11, verse number 24 in the amp, it says, For this reason I am telling you, whatever things you ask for in prayer, in accordance with God's will, if you could put that on the screen, please, Mark eleven twenty four 24 in the Amplified. <clears throat> for this reason I am telling you, whatever things you ask for in prayer, in accordance with God's will, believe <clears throat> with confident trust that you have received them, and they will be given to you. Now, that's what the Word says. So when we pray, we don't believe that we receive in the future at some point in time. No, when we pray, we believe we receive right at that moment of praying. Developing strong faith is key to developing an effective prayer life. Amen? Everyone standing. <clears throat> All right. <clears throat> that was a lot on prayer. 
But just by way of review, how do we have an effective prayer life? We need to be in right standing with God. We need to have confidence in God when we pray. We need to pray fervently from the heart. Fervently from the heart. Did you know that when you pray, faith technicality again, it's not that you pray, but it's that you pray with passion. Did you know that you have to really care about the things you pray for? And did you know that even the desire, the passion that you have will drive you to prayer? And I know parents know that as we pray for our kids, right? So we pray from the heart, but then we need to believe we receive when we pray. So as we're closing out tonight, I just want to pray for those who, on that first point, are not in right standing with God. You know, because we can work on the confidence with God when we pray. The, we can pray from our heart. We can work on our fervency. We can work on our faith level that we believe we receive when we pray. But that first point right there, being in right standing with God, if you're not in right standing with God, your prayer life is going to be as weak as ever. So if you're here tonight, and number one, you are not born again. You are not in right standing with God. If you're not born again, if you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, if you were to die today, some people always say, why does pastor always say that? Because it happens. It happens. People die every single day, every second, every minute. People are dying every single day, and they don't know Jesus. They don't know Jesus. And to enter into eternity Christless is a tragedy. It's a tragedy. So if you're here today and you are not 100% sure that if you were to die today, we'd like to invite you down to the altar so that we can pray with you so you can become right with God.